Well, I'll start by reading Psalm 91 verse 1. It says, those who live in the shelter, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Remember, those of you who have followed me over the years, you know, teachings, I preach from the New King James. This year, last year, I read through the NLT. From January to December, I read the whole Bible in the NLT. And this year, I decided to do some teachings from it and use it for some of our Bible studies as well as uh, small groups. And basically, just the NLT we still use the New King James so that it can be a supportive study Bible as a church. But our official Bible here, that we did, the translation that we use is a New King James. Um, and I, my preference for it, for it is because it's closest to the authorized version, which is the, the King James version, which is taken literally out of the Hebrew and Aramaic texts. So um, if you have been reading the New, New Living Translation, you discover that there are certain omissions of text which uh, as a result of the text that were used for the translation, um, they were later texts that were found. But the original texts, um, because in those days you didn't get one, um, you didn't have one manuscript that is printed by a printer and you get thousands, no, people write. And um, so that's what happened. But you still find that the word of God is rich when you read any of these translations. So I will finish the year with this and then I'll go back to teaching from the New King James. But I've enjoyed the journey so far. So for those of you who are new to Joy Fountain, um, I teach from the New King James Version. All right. Uh, so I'll write, uh, so Psalm 91 verse 1 says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High, that's the Most High God, will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I want you to imagine that God has this big shadow. I don't think there's anywhere the shadow doesn't fall. And I think that in that shadow are angels, angelic beings. And I'll go on to explain a little bit more. In Isaiah chapter 6, this is not part of the text on the screen, but as I was preparing this morning, I was sitting there over there in what we call our prayer room. I read from Isaiah chapter 6, and I would like to read it to you also. It was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord, Isaiah chapter 6 from verse 1. Verse 2, he was, uh, sorry, verse 1 still. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim. Somebody say seraphim. So that's the highest order of angels. Okay, we're going to go into that. Each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. Last week, I told you about somebody who went on our Facebook page and asked me why I put the, why we put uh, the figure of an angel, um, you know, that over the city. I don't know if we have it on, on our, our screen today, but we did have it in the first sermon. And uh, okay, it's there, right? Why did we put this? And some people are wondering, why is it dark? Why isn't it bright? Why doesn't it have? It's because because people don't understand. There's, people are limited in their understanding of angelic beings. And I will show you today nine order of angels, starting with the seraphim. Okay? So this one, I'm not going to tell you whether this is a seraphim or this is a cherub. I, I, you, would get, you will find out later. But I want you to understand that in the spiritual realm, you can have an angel. This, I mean, let's put it this way. Angels are mighty beings. Okay? So an angel can actually tower over a city based on what the scripture teaches us. And yet you can have angels in the similitude of a human being, just maybe six feet, seven feet, or even five feet, but they're angels, like the three that appeared to Abraham, right? And they were just like human beings, but he knew this were different for some reason. And I can explain all of that. In fact, I can't cover the things that we intend to in three, uh, that I would love to in three uh, um, 
um, Sundays. It would be best for us to have a course that can run over a weekend that people can learn these things so that they can become more sensitive and aware because God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Hallelujah. Okay, so somebody put on our Facebook page, and I, I was asking, um, why does your angel have wings? Is this a hybrid model? It was kind of a, you know, silly comment. And I was going to respond but I thought, yeah, I'll just leave him. So I went to his book, uh, Facebook page, and I could see these are contentious Christians. There are Christians who are contentious. They always look for uh, contentious issues. Now, if he read from Isaiah chapter 6, he will see, in, in, in a modern translation, he would see that even in the older translations, that there are seraphim and they have six wings. So two prophets had the revelation of angels, the, the of, of, of the heavenly order. The first one, okay, let me, I, I wouldn't say first, second, let me just put it this way. Ezekiel had, had that. He had a very solid revelation of the cherubims and what they look like. Isaiah had the, that's what I just read, a very clear understanding, revelation of what the seraphims look like. Okay, and then John, the beloved, in, who was banished to the island of Patmos, had a clearer understanding. Now, between the time Isaiah saw this in Isaiah chapter 6, this was in uh, 7 BC. 7 BC, 7 BC, that's before Christ. So that's seven to 800 years before Christ was born. Then um, John died, I believe it was in 4 BC, no, oh, yeah, 4 BC, uh, 4 AD, sorry, after Christ had left. So that's about close to, I would say, uh, 900 years plus. They both saw visions. If you go to Revelation chapter, uh, I believe it's chapter 1, chapter 2, I can't, I don't know the exact quote, but if you read through the book of Revelation, you see that John had the exact same vision that Isaiah had. How the angels were singing, holy, holy, holy. They had the same thing, yet 800 years apart. Nothing had changed. Because in heaven, it's one day. There's no two days. There's no morning. There's no night, as the Bible describes it. It's just one continuum. It's called the eternal realms. You see what I mean? Okay. So, in, so, in, in, in the, so let's look at the angelic hierarchy. Because I don't want to go through all the scriptures describing the seraphim or the cherubim. But I'll give you the references. And they're on there so that if you want to do a Bible study on your own, you can find out. All the information is contained in the scripture. But people who go to Facebook and start asking contentious questions without doing research. And say, why does your angel have wings? Angels don't all have wings. Because there are different order of angels. And I'll go through them very quickly because of time. I could teach on each of them, but I'm not going to do that today, maybe sometime in the future. But in October, I'll be teaching about these types of things when we are about doing Halloween so that people can have more understanding. If you want to do Halloween, you can do Halloween if you want. That's your business. But I don't practice Halloween. I don't celebrate uh, uh, fear. Why should I? The Bible says that, uh, uh, you know, fear not. And he, he says he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and what? And of his own mind. So people don't know what to tell their children. You know the reason why people don't know what to tell their children? People are Christians and say, oh, my children, they come from school. Well, let me tell you, Moses was raised in the palace of Egypt, yet he did not depart from the counsel of God. 
He was raised among idol worshippers, but he worshipped the God of Israel. Can you imagine? So don't tell me we can't raise our children in a corrupt generation. Don't tell me we can't raise our children. Don't tell me you can't raise. People say don't have, don't have children anymore because the world is. It's because you do not know that the God we serve sits upon the circle of the earth. And all power belongs to him. And Jesus said, all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And the Bible says, at his name, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is the Lord. You cannot declare that if you have not known him as powerful. You cannot declare that if you don't know him as powerful in the revelation of scripture. You have to see more than the world has seen. The reason why the argument of the world is sometimes stronger than our argument is because all we have is an argument. But if you have more than an argument, no, every argument will collapse in the face of an experience. You see what I mean? So, let's go through them. So, there are three spheres. Somebody say spheres. And there are nine levels or classes or orders of angels. And I want to start with the first three. Uh, the seraphim, the cherubim, and the thrones. The thrones could also be referred to as the elders. In the book of Revelation, you have the 24 elders who cast their crown before the throne of God. They are not human beings. They are celestial beings. And they speak to the authority of God. And they cast their crowns before the Lord. You see the scriptures I've given. They are not even enough. There are more scriptures in Revelation, but I just gave you two there. You can research that on your own. Then the second are dominions, virtues, and powers. Don't get confused. And please listen. You do not need all this information to live a good Christian life. You do not need all this information for you to actually exercise the power and grace of God in your life. You only need to know that the Holy Spirit can come upon you and give you grace. But knowing this has a way of helping us as believers know that there is more than enough for us to arrive at the destination God has designed for us. Does that make sense to anyone here? That's why I'm presenting the information. And God would not put it in the Bible if he doesn't want us to know them. And Paul writes about dominions. He writes about, and, and, and the, the angel who, are, who have dominion, they have been given areas and groups of people to look after. Then you have those who are, who have virtues and then you have powers. These are angels who ensure mir, mir, miraculous flow on the earth. They are responsible for ensuring miracles take place. You remember in John chapter five, the Bible talks about the pool at Bethesda, where sick people would lay waiting. You know what they were waiting for? For an angel to come and stir the pool. The first person to jump into the pool is completely 100% healed. If you look at the NLT, they omit verse 4 of John chapter 5. That is why if that is the only Bible that you use, you'll find that the texts that are sometimes omitted as a result of the manuscript they used may make you hobble in your Christian faith. You need to have all of the information. So verse 4 of John chapter 5 tells us that this angel would come and stir the water. Why would an angel stir the water? That's an angel that has virtue. Remember when Jesus, the woman touched his, the hem of his garment, he said, virtue has what? Left me. He had all virtue in him. Is that virtue that heals? Okay. The third one is, uh, third group, uh, principalities or rulers. Now, principalities is not a negative word. In, in the principalities in Ephesians 6, 
are, are evil principalities. But the principalities described in Ephesians are angelic beings, celestial beings, who govern regions also. Then you have archangels, and then you have angels. These angels, the last one, are plain angels. These are sometimes called guardian angels. Every human being has a guardian angel, whether they are Christians or not. Muslims, everybody, I believe, God gives a guardian angel to people. However, how we know God is what limits people's spiritual experiences. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Archangels. Now, there, I told you about three archangels, right? But the more that I study, there is, we're not, theologians are not sure about whether there are three or seven. Because the Bible talks about seven angels before the throne of God. But we have, Bible clearly calls Michael the archangel of God. Gabriel is supposed to be the other one, but the, the, we don't see anywhere in the Bible where he's called the archangel. But from the way he functions, it's obvious that he is an archangel. Okay, so I'm not going to spend too much time on this. In the future, I, I'm going to develop a course around this. Uh, there's something called angelology. I'd rather do angelology than demonology. <laughs> I don't want to study about demons. I don't need that, you know. So, but I will do a course around it so that people can access the course, maybe an online thing, and then they can learn about this. We're getting there. This is the year of higher ground, and God is going to take us to that place. People need to know these things. Christians need to know so that we don't live below par. We don't live a life that is, you know, we need to know so that we can access all the things that God has for us. Now, let's go quickly to the spiritual dynamics. The spiritual dynamics. So, I want to say again, I said this before, I said it again, that angels are ministering spirits. For us, there are celestial beings that God has sent to minister to us, especially, primarily, those last two. The archangels and the plain angels, or the guardian angels. Their responsibility, that's why they're always moving between heaven and earth, always in contact with human beings. It is very rare for a seraphim to reveal himself to a human being. One of the few places you see a seraphim appearing to a human being is in Isaiah chapter 6. Seraphims and cherubims, the difference between a seraphim, a seraphim has six wings, a cherubim has six wings. I'm telling you just in case you see this in your dream, then you know what you're seeing, okay? Uh, uh, now, a cherubim, uh, sorry, a, a, a seraphim has six wings, two for the head, two for the body, and two for the feet. The two for, uh, for the body is the one which we, they fly. And their responsibility is around the throne of God. That's their job. They stay around the throne of God. The cherubim guard the way to the throne of God. And it's one cherubim that guards the way to the Garden of Eden. That's why no scientist can locate the place. It's, they're always speculating where the Garden of Eden really is. Because a cherubim, or cherubim, however you pronounce it, guards that way. Now, a cherubim is very interesting. It's a strange being. It has the face of a human, the body of a lion, the face of an eagle, and uh, the face of an ox, I believe, and yet has six wings. The person who was given this re revelation was Ezekiel. He had the revelation of what a cherubim looks like. And there are explanations to why the different faces. We don't have time to go into it tonight. I mean, this morning, but just for you to understand that these things, these celestial beings exist. 
As I said, angels are ministering spirits. So let's talk about spiritual dynamics. Angels minister to Jesus after his 40-day fast. In Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Brethren, as Christians, as believers, as followers of Jesus, we need to be distinct from the world around us. You see, why do I want to be a Christian if there was nothing about it? Why do people go and play a game of a round of golf, nine holes or 18 holes? There's a reason. They get some exercise, right? They talk to friends. They ink business deals. They have lunch together. All kinds of things happen on the golf course. There's a benefit. We are called to come into Christ. It's not empty. There's a relationship with God that brings about a benefit. And we want to know what that is. So Jesus Christ, in Mark chapter 1, verse 13 to 14, the Bible says that angels came and did what? Cared for him. In the New King James, it said angels ministered to him. Somebody say minister. minister. What does that mean? They cared for him. They served him. Friends, if an angel were to serve a person here, what do you think they would bring? Tim Hortons? You can get Tim Hortons if you want. It's over there. Just a few minutes walk. They will bring the resources of heaven into that person. So for example, if a person is weak physically, an angel can bring divine strength. Secondly, if a person, for example, who is ministering, preaching at a, a crusade event, they're so tired, or a Christian who's running a business, they're so tired, and they pray, Lord, give me strength, and they slept for only three hours, an angel comes and provides divine strength. When they wake up in the morning, they wouldn't even know they slept for only three hours. And people will ask, man, you're looking so good. What happened? People who study the Bible, who fast regularly, look always healthy. It's different because you are communing with celestial beings. They have a responsibility. And if, they, if you play your role, they'll play their role. It's as simple as that. Now, somebody who, some people don't like this kind of message because it's like, oh man, can't we just live and drive through Trim Hortons? And, uh, that's why there's a mess everywhere. The message for this age is to help us with the mess of our age. And God has put all this in. We have to find out. We have to learn them so that we can become more, you know, effective in, in, in walking with God. So what does the ministry of angels look like? We just said that angels minister to Jesus and Jesus is our example. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews, remember chapter one, I believe verse 14, I told you last week that angels are sent to minister to us. Since they've ministered to Jesus, Jesus has set the example. So why don't we want that in our own lives? Why do we limit that? Why do we have so many Christians who are so sad? So sad when they come to church, they can't sing. So sad when they come to church, they can't worship the Lord. So sad the people in their office don't even want to be near them, yet they are born again. It's like they need to be born again, again, again. Haven't you seen that around? Why are our churches in North America closing doors? Why are people not attending services as they used to? What's the problem? Is it because we have lost sight of the spiritual realms? And we're trying to do it all on our own? We need God's help. We need the information that he's given us for transformation. Amen? What does the ministry of angels look like? What happens when we gather to pray, fast, sing, praises, and proclaim the good news? What happens? I'll tell you what it is. 
couple of them. Angels are always in attendance. First Corinthians 11.10 shows us that. Angels are always in attendance. So they are here right now. And they are listening to me. Am I faithful with the word that God has given to me? They are watching us. Are we busy texting while we're, uh, uh, the message is going on or where our mind is somewhere else? Uh, what are we doing? Are we really in there? They are always in attendance. Number two, joy among the angels over repentant hearts. It's not only people that come and say, oh, I want to give my heart to Jesus. Including you who came here from the last seven days, you are repentant in seeing God. You know, Job said, I now repent. I've seen you. Job was a righteous man. Righteous people also repent. People who have not done anything wrong also repent when they meet God because they realize their limitation. And they say, God, who am I? I see you. You are different. You are amazing. You are awesome. Angels rejoice when you lift up your hand and say, God, I worship you because you are the eternal God. You sit upon the circle of the earth. You are amazing. You are awesome. You are my father. When we come with hearts that are lowly before God and we, we elevate him in his majesty, angels rejoice in heaven. Are you following me today, friends? An angel mixes our prayers with incense on the golden altar. Revelation chapter 8 verse 3 to 5. When we are praying, don't think our prayer is just empty. Can we put that scripture on the screen? Revelation chapter 8 verse 3 to 5. And I'd like us to read it together so that you know you read it. It's not from my Bible. I never wrote anyone. Let's read it together. Everybody go. One to go. Then another angel with a gold incense burner came and stood at the altar. And a great amount of incense was given to him to mix with the prayers of God's people as an offering on the gold altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense mixed with the prayers of God's holy people ascended up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. Then the angel filled the incense burner with fire from the altar and threw it down upon the earth and thunder crashed, lightning flashed, and there was a terrible earthquake. Think about this for a moment. The, look, at, look, look at the third line there, or the second line. And a great amount of incense was given to him to do what? To mix with the prayers of God's people. This is why the enemy will fight every attempt for Christians to pray. If you have a church of a thousand, many pastors in North America, when uh, they were interviewed by this famous pastor who teaches on prayer, uh, uh, what's his name? The pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, uh, 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 Jim Simbala, he said that many of them said, these were people with massive churches. They said, I won't hold a prayer meeting in my church. He said, why? He said, because if I, hold, if I call a prayer meeting, I will get less than 5% of the church. And it will be embarrassing if after having 10,000 people, only 500 show up for prayer meeting. Well, I would call the 500 for a prayer meeting. See, <laughs> because this is what happens every time we gather to pray. Do you see what he said? In plural, he said the prayers. Somebody say prayers. prayers. In plural. You really don't have to put an S. Prayer is prayer. Whether it's one or ten. But he's talking about the congregations of God. When God's people gather to pray. So this is why. Uh, so in, in advanced societies where we have food, you have cereal lines as long as whatever, you know, uh, we have everything. You know, I, as we got to Dallas the other day, I've never been to Dallas. I said to my wife, my goodness, you know, the airport is so big. I thought we we're just going to walk out and then just walk to rental. No, we walked out. They say rental cars. We walked out to where the rental cars are supposed to be. There's a big giant bus. And then there's another big giant bus and they're all lined up carrying people to where they rent, and we drove for 15 minutes, right? 
to get to where the rental cars are. That's how massive the airport is. And then we got out of the car. I said, I thought Atlanta was the biggest. Now, this is another one. Atlanta airport is like a city. This is Dallas. And we walked to where the rental cars were. I mean, I said, Winnipeg is small. By the time we got to where the rental cars were, I said, ha, ah, where is our own? They told us where it was. They gave us the number. They uh, like you E something, something. And then you have to walk the cars. It's like a sea of cars. And people are just walking and looking for their own vehicles with their, you know, where, their stall. So we arrived at our stall, we opened it and we entered the vehicle. I said, my goodness, are you sure I can drive in this city? My wife said, no, no, we can't, let's, let's just go. And then we got on the GPS, struggled to get on and, and then we get onto the thing and it's 80 miles an hour and we're in the city, 80 miles an hour onto the express and we're going so fast. I said, I think I should slow down a little bit. You slow down a little bit and everybody's coming and then you also join in. Because you don't want to get into an accident. And I said to myself, wow, people are just running and going. So we have developed. We are advanced. We have more food than we can even eat. We waste. So why, what do we need this for? But do you know that North America has the highest level of mental illness? And we have no solution. We have the highest list, the highest level of drug use. No solution. We have the highest level of suicides. No solution. It is one thing for a place where there's everything, food, housing, whatever, and shelter, compared to other places. There are homeless people, don't get me wrong. But compared to other parts of the world. So what would cause all of these things? Human beings can solve all our problems. There are problems that require this. But what do we do? Early in the morning, can have oatmeal, cornflakes. That's my favorite. My kids don't like it. Um, what's the next one? Yes. You can have Fruit Loops. What's that one that has a tiger on the box? Frosted Flakes. Oh, just call Phillips. Who said that? Who said that? Was that Robert? Oh, you. Oh, my goodness. So he's still doing that? You're still having Frosted Flakes. And honestly, the sugar in that thing, you should watch Philip destroy a bowl of uh, Frosted They don't eat the Canadian required uh, portion. They just... Our bowls are big in our house. <laughs> you know what I mean? We have it. We have it. Is it? We have beef. <laughs> we have bison. We have. We are even fighting that we should stop eating meat. We have eaten so much. We are so good now. Don't eat that. that. Don't. So this, this is. Understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying you, you know if you don't want to eat meat, that's fine. But the point I'm making is we're so blessed that sometimes the blessing becomes a problem. And so churches get into this business of forgetting what is important. Do you know that if we gather to pray regularly, if we pray more, if we're more passionate about our prayer, we'll see our family members coming to the Lord. We'll see lives changed. Do you know, they say only about less than 6% of Christians actually tithe. You know, it's horrendous. 
actually give their money to God. It's horrendous. People now say, oh, you know, I don't, I, I, what, this is what I do. I look for people who have a need and I go and give it to them. You, can, you see, it's good, but you can't be smarter than God. You, we can't be. <laughs> what we are enjoying today are the seeds we have sown yesterday. So what seeds are we sowing right now? Because five, ten years down the line, our God is a decade-working God. Decades. God works in decades. You see, <laughs> as well as in a day or two, he works. But when you look at the hand of God, he promises Abraham. It takes 25 years for the promise to come to pass. David is anointed to be king. He doesn't see the throne until 13 years later and two more years as the king of Israel. Two in Hebron, Hebron then he now becomes king of Israel. Think about it for a moment. Joseph is told he will be great. It took him several years, 13 years, to even smell what God had promised. So, friends, this is important. An angel mixes our prayers with incense on the golden altar. And that golden altar is there right now. So let's do something. Let's do an exercise. Please lift up your hands with me. Two, one, any hand. Just lift up because left and right are equal before God. And let's say this. Say with me, Heavenly Father, I believe that heaven is aware of this meeting. Today we pray that your will be done in our lives. We add to the prayers of the saints that the angel of your presence may mix our prayers with the incense. In Jesus' name. Amen. I just want you to get a feel. It's real. Now, you don't have to say that all the time you pray. It's just for you to remember. Each time you are praying, you pray for me, you pray for the, 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 the office staff, you pray for the, the leadership, you pray for the board, you pray for the church, you pray for our city, you pray for our prime minister. You pray for the leaders, the politicians, whether they know what they are doing or not. Just pray for them. That's what the Bible tells us to do. So that God's purposes will be fulfilled on the earth. Are you with me this morning? The last one is miracles take place. There's more. This is the one I remembered. And I put it there. Miracles take place. And we will see those angelic beings, the celestial beings come in and perform things. And some people actually see. And some don't. And that's why sometimes the, 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 the vibrancy in church is, is dead. Because we don't have these things taking place as they should. And so they are angels, but they are unable to complete their task because we're not doing what we should. The last portion of this message, or the second to last, is what happens when we choose solitude to seek God? How do angels function in the place of solitude? Because angels actually function in solitude. That's why Jesus always would depart from the house, go to a solitary place, and pray. Because he understood the principle. So, some of you have experienced it. You just didn't know you were actually receiving. The Holy Spirit teaches you things. Everywhere the Holy Spirit goes, because the Holy Spirit is God, angels are there. That's how it works. And they're servants. When you pray and you speak, if you, are, if you are engaged in deliverance, if you are casting out a demonic spirit from a person, a house, or a location, as soon as you say, I command you to leave in the name of Jesus, get out, an, angelic, a war, an angel of war will go in that direction. And you know how if a landlord tells someone to pack out of the house and they don't go, what happens? 
the bailiff will come and do what? Throw them out. So they're involved. It's good to understand that. So miracles take place. Remember in John chapter 5, verse 1 to 4, the angel comes in and stirs the pool. Now, we have the Holy Spirit here with us. So, uh, I need to come and stir the pool for only one person to get healed. So, what, what, what happens when we choose solitude? Sorry, I, I went back a little bit there. Uh, to seek God. So number one, like Joseph, who didn't know what to do with Mary, will be given direction. You see, Joseph did not know what to do when Mary was found with child. So he decided to go and stay on his own and he was pondering, being a righteous man. The Bible says he was there just thinking, what do I do with this situation? I can't have her stoned. You know, sometimes I don't even know. God seems to see sometimes complicate situations. Because I don't know, somehow, you know, I don't understand God's ways. Okay, in that, at that time, if a woman is found with child and there's no husband, they'll stone her to death. That's when God comes and puts a child in Mary. How do you figure that out? <laughs> don't get it. So now when you have a situation, you say, well, God sent me here. And you're facing challenges there. It's like Mary. It's like Joseph. It's just so that you can pray in solitude so that an angel can visit you. Maybe. But you know what we do? Complain. Complain. God sends his packages in disguise. Sometimes you're looking for something. You're looking for a job. The position you get is not where you are going. God will give you that position before he advances you to the executive. But you need to get in and learn. Then he takes you up. So like Joseph who didn't know what to do will be given direction. Number two, like Jacob, we may find ourselves engaged in conversation with an angel of God. Jacob was about to face Esau. He was afraid. That Esau would kill him for stealing his blessing, for stealing his birthright. He was shaking to his boots. But when he met an angel of God that night at the Fort Jabbok, he wrestled with a man at night, the Bible says. And then he realized he was actually an angel. And there he was blessed. Like Elijah who fled for his life in discouragement, we will receive heavenly support. Elijah had just called fire from heaven, defeated the prophets of Baal, and because of Jezebel's strength to kill him, he ran. He was afraid. He was depressed. He said, oh God, I'm not better than my fathers who have been before me who have died. He began to grumble and complain. If you see what happened there, the Bible tells us that that was in 1 Kings chapter uh, 17, 18, I think. The Bible says... <laughs> That the Lord sent an angel to him after he had fallen asleep somewhere. The angel came and gave him food to eat. Angel cake. <laughs> so when you are discouraged, sometimes it's not the time to just go around passing your discouragement to other people. Things are not going so well. When they try to encourage you, you just, friends, you have more encouragement than you can ever imagine. You have more power from heaven. When you are low and down, when things are not going the way it is, God is closer than you can ever imagine. That's the time to say, Father, I don't know what to do. You can actually complain to God rather than to another human being because they can't help you. Lord, I'm just tired of all this. I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. But don't stop at complaining. When you finish complaining... Praise. It's called lament. Somebody say prayer of lament. You can lament. 
God, I don't know everything. You told me this was supposed to be so. This is my children were this, but look at what's happening. I don't get it. That's what David did. David was praying. David, the King David, he said, God, ah, you love my enemies more than me, God. You do. You do. You really do. <laughs> you do. Oh, but then he said, well, but I know, I know, I know, I know you will deliver me. Get that emotion out. <laughs> it's okay. But then tell him you know that it's going to be okay. Is there somebody who knows it's going to be okay here? Like Peter, we will experience inexplicable deliverance from untimely death. Peter was put in prison in Luke, uh, Acts chapter, uh, chapter 12. But before they could kill him, an angel went in there and delivered him. People have been delivered from accidents by angels moving in between both cars. Now, I had a picture I was going to show you, but I wasn't sure if I needed permission from Fox News. Fox News had a picture of a man who, sorry, a man took a picture in their driveway recently of an angel over their truck with a sword. Never seen anything like that. Now, do we believe, was it, an, and they've checked the images, it's not doctored. It's not doctored. But it's there. And uh, they're Christians, and it's like, wow. As described in the scriptures, it's, an, it's like a, an angel of war with a sword. What was he doing there at that time? The camera caught it. But you remember the Bible says that at a certain time we'll be seeing these types of things. That's what's going on. The more engaged we are spiritually, friends, so what are you waiting for? Let's talk about what will you do to provoke angelic activity around your life and circumstance. Very quickly, the more engaged we are spiritually, the more angelic activity takes place within the will of God. In Luke chapter 1, verse 10 to 11, Zacharias was praying and the people were praying outside. The more people we have praying, the more we engage spiritual entities for what God wants to do. And we have to preach it until we get there. <laughs> Samson, John, and Jesus, they had something in common. These are the only three people in the Bible who angels predicted their, de their, their, their birth. But one of them died very poorly. That's Samuel, uh, Samson, sorry. Samson also was, uh, an angel appeared to his mom and his dad and said, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have a child. He'll be very strong. The fact that we are hearing, knowing about, and even seeing angels still requires that we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Samson had some difficult times. Because he was not always submitted to the Holy Spirit, even though he had the power of the Spirit upon him. Just, I just want to say, uh, the knowledge we have doesn't guarantee anything if we're not going to use it. The knowledge we have doesn't mean we're better than other people. It only means we have more access and God can use us more. Somebody say amen to that. Maybe you don't know Jesus personally and you're here today or you, you just want to, to uh, step up your game. You know what? We can't do it on our own without his help. As we close this message and this service today, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I want you to know that God has given angels charge over you. And we have, to, we have to take it seriously. We have to enjoy the benefit of what we have. And I want you to know when you pray, your prayers are not empty. Do you know your faith will increase if you know that when you are praying, angels are ascending and descending on your behalf? Let's pray.